Hi, and welcome to another episode of the How to Relationship podcast, the podcast where we find out how to be in relationships, how to, you know, get in one in the first place, how do you make it last by talking to couples who are making it work. I'm your host, Anais Lucia. And today's couple is amazing. I met uh, the wife, Kay, at a hosting class that we both took, and she was hilarious, and she's just an awesome person, so it was really awesome to be able to meet her husband virtually, and they're an amazing couple, and let's just get right into it. So welcome, uh, Kay and Dalen, to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time and speaking with me about, you know, what we're going to talk about. (laughs) Our pleasure. (laughs) I hope so. We'll find out. Yeah. (laughs) So just before we get started with, you know, your story, can you um, just, I know you guys are married. So how long have you guys been married and how many kids do you have? (laughs) Let's quiz him. Does he know? Does he know? (laughs) We just had our 20 year anniversary. So we have been married for 20 years. We have two daughters. One is 16 and one is 12. Wow. Wow. That's amazing already everyone listening right now is impressed there's probably like you super young people like what have we been for that 20 long? years yeah. yeah that's crazy wow open okay. for at least 20 more yeah well, i just gotta not mess it up so. <laughs> all right so now let's start from the beginning how did you guys meet and how did you end up being married and all that stuff so yeah let's get your side and then i'll oh, we yeah. go for it. so I mean, the easy answer is we met uh, in church. We were both in college. I was working a summer job. Uh, I was attending the Utah State University, but working for a summer in Atlanta, Georgia. And I went to a church service, and there was this uh, girl saying something up there up front, and she looked good, and she sounded cool. Like, she... uh, like what she was saying. So I came up afterwards and said, Hey, that was a nice talk. And she just said, Hey, nice tie and walked off with exactly right. (laughs) Which was, it felt like a brush off. And this uh, congregation that we were at was all young single people. Mm. And I was young and single, but (laughs) Uh, she was the only person I would have been interested in. And after the brush off, I thought, eh, I guess I'm not going to waste my time here. And so I started going to a different church service with some other people that I knew. Can I interject to say, the ch- our church culture, we go to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so, like, lay people speak. Like, there is no, like, reverend or, like, preacher, like, people from congregation speak. And so, like, because of that, everyone is super supportive. Mm. of each other so everyone said to me what a great talk that was great everyone said so I thought he was just being nice so then I was just like oh nice side you know just like you know but but I was doing a little bit of that like you're interested in somebody so you try and like throw little little bits of bait out there to see if she's interested in talking or see if she shows interest back and so I did that and it it seemed like a swing and a miss so I'm like I'm out. And I, do, we, we should admit, so that rewind 21 years ago. And at that time, like seeing, like for real, seeing a, a white guy with a black girl, we just didn't see it out there. It didn't happen that often. 
Yeah. Like occasionally if there's a, a black, white, interracial couple, it would be a white girl and a black guy. That's the stereotype. And that's, that was our experience. And so I, I took a small swing at it. And when it didn't hit, I thought, ah, that's probably how it goes. I wasn't going to push him. I'm like, hey, it was a, sh it was a long shot anyway. I'm out. He was like them black girls. Plus, as a black girl, I'm used to a different type of flirting that mm. is very obvious and mm -hmm. out there. Very much like my whole like dating career, guys would just be like, hey, can I talk to you for a quick second? Like, you look really nice. Maybe I can take you out sometime. Uh -huh. This doesn't matter where. You can be at the mall. You can be at the grocery store. Very... Um, black men are very to the point. So all of this, like, see, in my my dating like culture, I came from this much foundation more. for fourteen. You know, so my months, experience so. had always been a little bit more. Hey, it's very <laughs> subtle and, and gradual, and yeah, like you, you got to dance because you can't. You if you get to the point, you get blown up too much, and just that was, uh, yeah, that's not how the game ran. But anyway. So after that swing and a miss, uh, a few weeks later, a bunch of my roommates invited her and a bunch of her friends over to our house uh, just for like a small cookout. And that's when we started to get to know each other. So we uh, took a swing, didn't think it worked. Then she showed up in my house with all my roommates and all of her friends. And uh, we hung out like almost every day for the rest of that summer. Wow. We did, we did. We hung out in a big group though, because he had a ton of roommates. There were like six of them for the summer doing the summer job. Um, and there were me and two of my friends. And so we just used to hang like group hang out because the odds were really good. They're like two guys for every girl in that group. So we just loved to hang out with them. <laughs> we get a lot of attention. They were fun. Um, we were fun. They were a lot of fun, and they and we just had fun together. We went to Six Flags, we went to Stone Mountain, did a bunch of different things. But it was obvious for me that number one, he was the hottest one in the group, like easily. Ooh. Number two, he was also the coolest one in the group, which is kind of like there's a certain like goofiness that a bunch of the guys had. They were fun and like goofy, but like nobody was like cool. He was like, cool. Oh. Now, that being said, I am really goofy. I just kind of put that in my pocket That's, for a that minute. Part, right? That part. That part. That part. I said, he can appear cool, but like it, after I got to know him, I was like, this dude is a goofball. But I love that. So that yeah. works for me too. Right. And I, to have both. To have a little bit of both. Yeah, That's man. right. Both. I mean, and Kay, would, Kay is obviously good looking. She was much better looking. You are, you are a you are striking, <laughs> right? To, to the point, so I got to tell you, like when I first met her, I called one of my friends back home. And in fact, we were going to Salt Lake and I knew she was going to be coming as well. I called like one of my best friends from college. I'm all, you know, I've been dating this girl. Uh, can't wait till you see her. She looks a little bit like a, a cross between Left Eye from TLC and Halle Berry. And he laughed at me on the phone and was like, one, that doesn't exist. And two, if it did exist, you couldn't get that. Oh. I'm all like, okay, I would think the number that, one is true. Wait, was that right? No, it's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like right. And the moment he saw her, he looked and he looks at me and goes like, you were right, man. Like, I don't understand yeah, any of this, so what's going on right now. But, uh, I mean, so she obviously looks good, but Kay is just above all else, a, a fun person. And so I'd say like, our first dates, 
we, we can't remember the order, but our first two dates, one was we went and saw Adam Sandler movie, Big yeah, Daddy. Yeah, it's a classic, Raleigh. Oh, it's an Adam Sandler movie. It's not a normal big movie. And our second um, date, or our other first date, because we can't remember the order, was the High Museum of Art. No, that's it. It was the Big Daddy and the High Museum. But I think that kind of described our the foundation of our relationship and when we decided maybe we were kind of on the same page. There's probably the three things. One, church. Mm-hmm. And then the other two, that mix between Adam Sandler's stupidness and openness to that and uh, an art museum. And those are kind of the breadth of the things that we're both really interested in, despite all the other differences we might have. Can I ask, uh, when did, because Kay, you said at the beginning, like when he first came up to you after you were speaking up there that you thought he was just being nice, like when did you kind of think, oh, is he actually interested in me? Like he's not just being nice. Like when did you think that? It took a long, like we hung out for a long time. And one, one of these hangout days, I left my wallet at his house. And I was like, oh man, my, my wallet, my purse. Oldest trick in the book. It was yeah, not exactly. I'm just very forgetful. How many times have I lost my license? Multiple times in the same year. I don't think we should tell Still. people out there how okay. many of your driver's licenses okay. are out there on the street somewhere. But I lose stuff a lot. I'm a scatterbrain. So I lost. So I left my wallet at his house. And I called and I was like, hey, like I left my wallet at your house. Um, I'm going to come by and pick it up or can you bring it to church or something? And he was like, I'll bring it by to you. And I was like, why would you come all the way to bring oh. it by to Like, And I actually said, like, why would you drive all the way over here? Because he likes you. Like, and, <laughs> and he was like, because uh, I, I just could bring it over and like, maybe we could go to a movie or something. And I was like, uh okay and i remember hanging up the phone and just being like he asked me out like he likes me like that like i was so i was just like and look at her face so you gotta you gotta understand how i'm putting myself out there because if i come from like this low-key dating culture right for me to say i'll bring a buy i had to separate myself from the pack a little bit and she just keeps coming back at every turn with like why why would you do that i'm gonna because we did not live close to each other. We had at least a half hour drive. I was just Everything like, is happening. But, but like the space she's making, like every time like you make a step forward, she reacts like, what no. are you doing? And then I had to call my friends like, girl, Dana, just we going out? Like, I'm going on a date. Like, just us. And they're like, what? Dana, you know? Like, because he was just like, you know, Aww. to the point where even when we were uh, like about to like be official boyfriend and girlfriend, my friend said to me, but he's like a friend. That was like her critique of him. And I was like, dum-dum, that's the perfect combination. He's hot. Exactly. Like, like, of course. Yeah, so. And also, I think, well, maybe not, I think a lot of women now, like, (laughs) like, we wouldn't be used to that. They'd be like, what? A guy's actually, like, doing something nice? Like, (laughs) most guys are so lazy now. Like, I think I've only had one one guy who would do something like that. We're like, oh, I'll bring it over. Most guys are like, oh, come by whenever you can. It's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I didn't do guys like that. So that it was just it was more weird to me that that seems like like the whole laid back thing was very different. I usually would have guys be like very upfront. So right, for for the both of us, it, it it would be notable. Neither of us had really dated outside of our race or our own right. culture. Right. I didn't understand. Yeah, Th- this didn't was understand new for the both of us. It wasn't like a thing that we brought into it. 
Right, right. I didn't understand like white boy stuff. I was just like, oh, later on, I was like, oh, that's how white boys like let you know they like you. But like, I had no idea. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long did it take you to get to become like official boyfriend girlfriend? And then from then, how long to engage and marry? And all? I think we probably hung out for it. It wasn't really a long time. So we hung out for like a month, and it was maybe a month after that, maybe a little bit longer. You know, like a three month span. Yeah, we it was were the summer, summer of love. Right, we were together. Um, so by the end of that summer, definitely was the two of us. And then we dated long distance for like six months for like a semester. And mm-hmm. then uh, she actually transferred schools. She transferred from Kennesaw State, Kennesaw State in Georgia, in Georgia yeah. uh, to the University of Utah in Salt Lake. I also transferred to the University of Utah. And then we dated for another semester or six months mm-hmm. to make sure that when we were in person, this was going to kind of be the thing. By this point, we kind of had an idea mm-hmm. that maybe this was like it. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, like when I called my mom, like, he proposed to me, mom. Like, of course he did. Like, nobody was really surprised. Like, and in our culture, that the things move fast. Like, in, in our church culture, like, people don't wait you know, like have to have like a super long engagement. Like you date and find out who you're interested in and if they're interested in you, then you spend a little bit of time to see if you actually like each other and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And at that point, if you think it's going to be the deal, you, you get married. Yeah. They could go for it. So we were uh, only engaged for a few months and married maybe just a little over a year after we met. Wow. So dated for a year for- and then got married. So all of that in one year. Wow. hear that people uh guys that take 10 years to propose hear that <laughs> hey, I'm, not, I'm not gonna hate on what other people are comfortable with or what they do in their relationships mm-hmm. um i will just say that i knew i was getting the better deal out of this and uh, if i was gonna have a long-term shot i had to uh seal that deal. get her trapped before she figured everything wow. out and realize what have i done but now it's too late so sorry so can i ask um when did you know that you like each of each of you when did you know that you love this person or like when you're like oh i I would definitely want to marry them do you remember is there a certain moment or I don't know if it was a moment. I feel like yeah. it was like a process. Okay. Just gonna say a process. And especially because marriage is such a big deal for me. Like I knew I wasn't going to get married and like be like, oh, well, we grew apart and get a divorce. It was going to be married, you know, be married forever and ever and ever and ever. So it was a big decision for me. So I do remember like we talked about marriage. We talked about kids. We talked about debt we talked about all of those things before he even proposed so we were prepared you know but I remember being like okay this is very much for me like a choice like I have a choice I have people like oh I just fell in love and then we like we fell in love but then I was like okay I need to make sure this is like the right decision for me across a bunch of different you know um board all across the board I just remember praying about it a lot um, I didn't really need to talk to many people because I felt like once I got a confirmation through prayer that it was the right thing to do, and also I personally wanted to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's a goal for me. Yeah. I'd say for me, I mean, attraction is one thing. So, like, you kind of know that pretty quick if you're attracted to somebody or not. Yeah. It's usually kind of a starting point because that's the most instant or obvious. 
Mm -hmm. uh, love is a different thing. And I think there's like a difference between love and being in love. Like I can, I think love, I'm pretty open to be able to love somebody or anybody. Right? I think there should be more of that out there in the world. Like I love my friends. I love, yeah. I love the guys. It, like you, you love somebody, but then to be in love is a thing. That's that combination of attraction and love and love takes more conversation and shared experience to see if love and also to a, it was important for me to feel loved. Right. So I, I kind of have control and I have a handle on my capacity to feel love or give love. Uh, but it became important to me. I learned this in my dating history that I need the kind of security where I know that the person that's with me likes me and loves me. It's like, you know, both of those things, cause we're going to hang out. I think that's a real benefit in our dating and in our relationship. It's we're very conversation based. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about stuff around us. We, we, we realize once after like a, a week or so, I think it's like when our kids were little, like you hadn't listened to like the radio, like hadn't listened to NPR in like a week. And we we're kind of like, all right, we don't have as much to talk about. <laughs> it's kind of like, cause usually like we'd be in our different worlds, but we both listen to some, the similar things on the radio or whatever is going on in the world. And we'll talk about those things. We talk about what's going on in our life. We talk about our feelings. We talk about ideas. We talk about goals. Mm -hmm. We just check in. And that's, it, that's entertaining. That's interesting. That's where I really got to know who Kay is and know if like, can we have this conversation for the next 50 years? Right, right. Which was interesting when we were, when Daylan proposed to me, his dad came to him and was like, are you sure you guys have enough stuff in common? Isn't that what he said to you? Well, what you need to know is when, when we got married. How dare you? <laughs> well, in, in his defense and in his fatherly advice, he wasn't crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. So what you need to know, when, when we actually got married, we we're young and had nothing. Right. So we didn't wait for a big production marriage. It was super super cheap but all that i owned in the world was a pickup truck a snowboard scuba gear a sleeping bag and a pair of rugby cleats and a mountain bike oh. right? that is what i that is what i own Kay owned some clothes <laughs> right some clothing and like a box of paper right? <laughs> but but so when my dad came to me he's all like look what i know of you is that you mountain bike, you snowboard, and I think that's kind of all that you're interested in, and the two of you don't do any of that. Right? Yeah, so, because I'm, we don't. I'm not outdoorsy at all. But that really speaks to, I think, parenting a, a, a person that you think you know, but you really uh, don't know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because actually, there's a lot more to Daylin. Like, that's all surface stuff. Those are recreational hobbies. You know what I mean? Like, but the person of Daylin is who he didn't know very well. I would argue, I'm not would, quite sure he does know very well. That's the person who I connect with. I would also argue, though, that I, I mean, this is part of being young, right? And being young together is I didn't know everything about myself, right? So you have to know that the, the two of us, since we've been together, uh, we both changed colleges since we were both together. We both changed our majors since we've been together. I changed an entire career yeah, since did. we've been together. You left a career, parented, and then going into a different career. That's right. Like So we've navigated all these changes. So let's say the guy that my dad knew, or maybe even the guy that I was before I met Kay, 
is not the same guy I was even really quickly afterwards. But though, didn't your mom say, I, I, wow, I didn't know you at all when you came back after? Well, that's because as a teenager, I didn't talk to my parents. Um, right? Like I had, all I cared about was football and girls and I really didn't need my, any advice from either of my parents on either one of those things. <laughs> but, or I didn't want their advice, I should have said. Yeah. Okay. Right? But, but that being said, there was a time where I essentially skipped a whole year of college that I was paying for myself to go snowboarding every day. <laughs> right? wow. Since Kay and I have met each other, I've probably been snowboarding three times. Not three years, but three times. And which but, is But did you graduate though? Thanks to her I finally graduated. Thanks. Oh. But but this just But to did be you like, go to graduate school though? Like I said, we've made a lot of progress did you go in to this an, project together. Did you also go to an Ivy League graduate school after you? She's trying to kind of humble brag on did me you, right now, which I appreciate. Did you She's also, also graduate with a very high GPA? I'm just saying, very successful after you met oh. me, before you met me. Snowboarding every day, lost a year of college is just the facts. But but I realized <laughs> I enjoyed the conversations and the things that we talked about were more important to me mm. than a recreational activity. There you go. Right? A recreational activity was such an important part of my life because there were all these other gaps that had nothing to fill it. Whether it's the connection to another person that's deep, whether it's actually having targets for your dreams. I didn't have any of those things when we got together, which I think is useful for other people to know that, at least for me, it you don't have to have it all together before you get a partner. That part. Sometimes a partner is what it takes. Like if you're going to not get, and get your act together might be, there's different bars for that, right? Sure. I don't think I have toxic habits or any of these sorts right. of things. Yeah when we got together, but I may have lacked direction. I didn't have a target for life aspirations. I didn't have a good handle on my best qualities or capabilities moving forward or even have options because sometimes you might think you're great. You just don't have opportunity in front of you. Um, but you don't need all that to be with a good partner. In fact, with your good partner, you can lean on each other and have somebody that you trust to get good feedback and so, have good direction. And be your cheering. Whether it's cheering or whether it's the real advice that. you might need so that we can navigate those changes or make goals or push forward as a team. Like doing it on your own, I think, would really, really suck. Like loneliness sucks, right? That's not fun, but it's so much better. Like you can navigate hard things if you have a real partner. So since we realize that, you know, it's not just about having like these surface things in common, what specific qualities about each other did you at that time like really like about each other that made you want to be with them well I know for Dalen he was a, a super positive person um very encouraging really smart mm. um even now he's he's very much a renaissance man like he can do something with art and then he can do something um, athletic and then he can do something silly like he's very very well-rounded and I noticed that right off the bat I was very very attracted to that part of him and also like he is a just a real open open person and very kind very non-judgmental I'm I am very judgmental 
but he <laughs> he's helped me with that. But he's a very non-judgmental person. He's very much take people as they are, very accepting of all kinds of people. And I think that's just the way he was raised and also his life experience. Um, uh, and then he just like, he loves people. He's the easiest person to talk to. And he does really like just love people. And as time has progressed, he is very focused on like, it's very idealistic to me. And sometimes I'm like this guy, but he's very focused on just like making the world a better place to sum up all of his many like projects. But that's very much what he's all about. So I would say probably when we first met, when we first um, got together was all the things I named with the exception of making the world a better place. He hadn't kind of got a hold on that yet. No. But all of those I was busy things, snowboarding. But I do, I do like people though. That's nice. I, yeah. I would say with Kay, like the instant anyone meets Kay, and this has never changed, uh, like you can't deny the fun. Like there's an energy and a fun that just exudes from Kay at all mm -hmm. times. And it's like you, there, there's no defense to it, right? You're going to have fun around Kay. And that, that's really addictive and really positive. Um, but also with that energy, it's an energy that she does not, this can be good or bad, but I love it. She does not change who she is or mask who she is to try to please other people or to conform. Mm -hmm. And I think what makes that a good thing is she also has these strong convictions towards good and doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Right? So it, if, if she knows what is right and what is good, she will do it no matter what, no matter who, no matter your opinion, no matter the obstacles, just what's going to happen. And so when you combine that conviction with fun and energy and, and smart, right? It's not often the times that I find somebody that's just playing all the time and just, and, and all the synapses are firing, right? It's not like I have plenty of friends who are fun, but they're like jumping off of cliffs and doing things that like, like it's kind of, that's fun. No, I'm not going with you there. <laughs> no, that leads to danger and arrest. <laughs> it is like, we're going to have fun and you know, we're going to do the right thing. And if people are going to look at me or if people are going to think that you shouldn't act that way, even though you know that you're right, it's not going to change. And I, ah, oh, so attractive. I oh. love that. Oh, Thanks. Oh, so sweet. So now I have to ask about how you proposed and all of that. I need to know. <laughs> First of all, I was on my oh. period with the worst cramps. Oh, shoot. I used to, I had these old pair of red sweatpants that I used to wear that had the tight elastic around the bottom. They were the ugliest sweatpants. I, I this is 1999, mind you. I came home from church. I was so just like miserable because of these cramps. Mm. I was like curled up on my bed. And he comes in and he's like, hey, I had a bunch of roommates. He's like, hey, you always said that you wanted to go to see the U on the mountain. Let's go see it today. So in, in Utah, for the University of Utah, there's a giant U that they put on the mountain for the school. And whenever, like, they win a big football game or whatever, they light it up at night. Mm -hmm. And I had always just wanted to go up and, like, see it, you know, because it's cool. Mm -hmm. So, but I, had, I was having a lot of problems that day. I did not... I was like, I don't think so. Like, we can do it another day. He's like, no, come on, come on, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. 
Like, why does he want to do this today? So I was like, something's up. I'm going to go check it out. Like, we had been talking about marriage. It wasn't like he proposed to me out of the blue. I knew he was going to do it at some point. But so since he was so hyped to go to the U, and I had been begging him to go for months and he hadn't gone, I was like, something is up. Oh. I I have to, my preface to this would be, you need to know what, I might think and indeed have a bunch of really good qualities. Production value is not oh, one of them. That is not one of them. Is I, he talking really loud and nice? Is he very loud? No, it's good. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. I will try and talk more no, calm. No, and that's calm. <laughs> at at a lower volume. For some more uh, context, how old are you guys right now, like during this time? Oh, during that time? Yeah, yeah. 20? 20. Okay. 24. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was a couple of months away from 21. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're young, but uh, still young. <laughs> but I, I'm not, I'm not, like, I might have love, but I'm not a romantic. Mm. Maybe I'm a little bit, like, too reserved in emotional expression and just production value. I just don't appreciate. Don't. No one in my family appreciates. Like, I've never been good at it. So, like, the idea of, like, any kind of production value or any kind of, like, planning an event mm-hmm. is just, I not only have no experience, but no interest in. So, for me to want to do anything, I'm like, I feel like I'm way out on the limb here, right? So, we've been talking about getting married. I've got the, I've got the ring, and she's been bugging me. And you have to know that Kay's been bugging me. Like, anytime we go anywhere, like, we're going to leave the house and be like, are you proposing to me now? Are you doing it now? And be like, no, I'm not proposing to you now. Right. Wow. Yeah, already, don't you? Are you proposing to me? When are you proposing? Oh, so this, is like, was this is like this chatter. Every time, I'm like, no. It was teasing. So I'm feeling this pressure, right? Like, all right, I've got to get something. And so the one time I've got to find out there's nothing going on that day. She's been wanting to do this forever. I know it's it's not freezing that day because she doesn't want to leave the house if it's not a million degrees, right? So I, I know exactly. like, it's set up. It's right. And so I'm like, all right, let's go do this thing. And and I'm just getting this like pushback. Like, no, do we have to go? Why do you want to go? Because like, oh. you, you want to go. And so like we finally get up there and she just is a little like, like not the fun wasn't exuding in the same way at this moment. Period cramps will do that to you mm-hmm. I, I understand. Well, I have been told that. I can't <laughs> really um, but so we got up there and we was just us and I got on one knee and asked her and all that kind of stuff. And oh. I think I said like, will you marry me? And she didn't say yes. She said something like, aren't you supposed to like put the ring on my finger? And you cry, I, like, I think so. Do you say yes? First? I mean, is that a yes? But you had no matter nice how rocky that production went. No, it was great. You had we're, nice still, we're still here. Yeah. I may have said something. Yeah, you um, said some sweet little speech. That wasn't part of the plan. I just meant that. Good job. Oh, so it's just you two, and there's no like friends hiding in the back or anything. Nope. Aww. So now, Not whenever we go, we go to Utah. You know, you pass by, you can see the U on the mountain, and we're like, "Hey, that's where we got engaged." So cute. Yeah. Did, did you cry, Kay? No. No. <laughs> Okay. I was happy. I knew it was coming. I was excited. Oh, all right. So now let's move on to the wedding. Memorable moments from the ceremony, reception. Dalen, did you cry? Because I love when grooms cry. I need to know. <laughs> so, so you. So should- we'll, we'll, we'll we'll center around the cry because that that was a meaningful moment. Oh. So 
You cry? There is photographic evidence of this cry, oh. um, which I look at. I love photographs. You mean in the reading in the reading stretch? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize. I, I made your I mom forgot. cry too. Yeah, you did. That's hard. My mom never cries. When I tell you, my mom never cried. It was a huge. I can count the times I've seen my mom cry when it's not because she's watching the movie on my hand. <laughs> but so you should know. So I forgot about that. So in our faith, um, marriage is a big deal in that we, we have this religious belief that you're not just married for uh, till death do you part, but it's for eternity. Mm. Right? So we believe that after this life is over, we can still, if you get married in a temple, mm-hmm. if you get married there, then that wedding, that relationship can last forever, forever, ever. forever. Yeah, after you die, you're still married. Yeah. But, but kind of the rub is only faithful members – so members of the faith who are keeping some basic tenets can actually go inside a temple. Oh, okay. And inside that temple, the ceremony isn't really elaborate. It's really pretty simple, and it's like very straightforward. Ten minutes. Yeah. Right, but it's but it's very private. Mm-hmm. My family, like I grew up like third generation in this faith. Kay is the only person in her family. Right. So she joined this church while she was in college before we met. Before we met as a freshman. Which meant for this actual wedding ceremony, my family would be the only ones who'd actually be able to see it, to be there and present. Right. And then her family, one, all lived in Georgia, which is not where we were living at the time, um, and couldn't go inside. We're making it too long. So, they flew out and we had a ring ceremony, a ceremony in the temple, and then we had a what's called a ring exchange at his parents' house. So my family could be involved in that. Okay. And at that point, my family, because I was not a cook, we were having a great time making all this, these jokes about how he's never going to eat and how, because my family is full of clowns and all of this <laughs> stuff. And, and um, she's never going to cook for you and you're going to get skinny and like all this funny stuff. And, um, but you know, like he knew I couldn't cook. I married him because he's a self-sufficient person and he would never expect for me to feed him as some quote unquote wifely duty, which is just like ridiculous patriarchy. Anyway. I'm a grown man. I know how to feed myself. Yeah, you gotta feed yourself and feed me. I need to feed myself less is what I need to do. (laughs) So anyway, the ring exchange. Do you remember what you said? I don't remember, but I do remember. I don't remember the words, but so we had this. You basically said, I don't care that she can't cook. I do remember that part. And I was like, yes. No. I probably just thanked her family because I was, I felt for her family to come all this way and not be there, like to feel in any kind of way excluded from part of that. But so I do know that I not, made sure to, whatever they were feeling is what my, I was feeling. Right, but my family is not a marrying family. Like no, like there had not been a wedding in my family. Oh. Like, my mom, when she first got married, got married in Vegas. Then her second marriage, she, like, we were really little. And then both of my sisters, neither one of them had a wedding. So it wasn't like, oh, we're missing the wedding. It was not. Like, my family don't care about that. Right. But anyway, go ahead. Oh. But while we were there, and we had the reception in my parents' backyard. And this is not, like, a big, nice house. It's, like, a little suburban split level, like, Aww. just a backyard. You know what's also of interest? His brother got married the day before us. Same backyard, same, like, yeah. So anyway, go ahead. Whoa. Leftover decorations. It was perfect for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
All Because my family, I have a big family, but they live all over the place, so they're able to all attend and not have to travel multiple times a year. Wow. Do you remember what you said in the ring? Oh, you don't. I was getting there, and you keep taking us That's a tip, everyone. And then when I go with it, she's looking at me going like, no, you need to get back. You got to interject with him, Aaron, because he just goes. (laughs) You don't have to interject with Kay at all. You just have to try and talk over because she's not going to stop anyway. I'm not going to stop. Anyway. No, I don't remember what I said other than I know my feelings were that I love Kay and I was appreciated, appreciative to her family for creating her. Nobody becomes who they are out of nowhere, right? And so I do know that you had a strong love for your mom and for your sisters. And I love, I love then who you were at that time uh, and very happy to be the beneficiary of their work. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure those were the words, but I think that was the same. That was the same Okay, um, do you have your, like, your father in the, because like, I just heard you mention your mom, but. Yeah, it's just my mom. At that point, anyway, it was just my mom, yeah. Okay, so there's no, like, asking her mom for, like, her hand in marriage for Kay's hand, like, the permission, all that stuff. Didn't do that? No? No, okay. I'm a very independent person, and my okay. mom is very, like, Probably she's a very spiritual person, but also she probably has a lot of like black hippie, I would say, in her. She's very much live and let live. Very oh, okay. much live and let live. Yeah. So she was just like, okay, okay, okay. You know, she was cool with everything. Wow. Dalen's grandma's husband wouldn't come because I was black. He didn't come to the wedding because I was black. Oh. And he didn't like that. I did not like that. No, I said the granddad didn't like that. Well, but, his gr- but his grandmother came. His grandmother who helped raise him oh. came. So that was good. You just um, messed that up. No, your so grandmother who helped My raise grandmother you? who helped raise me was there for my brother's wedding. Okay. The day okay. before and pulled me aside the day before and said, I just want you to know that I'm about to leave. Oh. Because her oh. husband, so she lived, she helped raise me. She was single. And then got married while I was in high school. She met this guy at the retirement center. She was like, what? How old, babe? Uh, she had to be 70-something, like 75 when she got married. She had had a bad marriage previously, like before I ever existed. And she always wanted to have a good marriage. And she finally got that when she was older. What uh, races do? But, and this is what made it very problematic. And this is kind of how these sorts of things in families and with race really work, mm-hmm. right? It's never clean and cut and dry where she loved me, but came to my brother's wedding, pulled me aside and said, I just want you to know that I love you. I think you're doing the right thing, but we're leaving because her husband doesn't agree Leave. with what you're doing. Leave. Leave. And so they got in the car and drove away, which, which hurt because she was there. I felt in the moment, a little bit of appreciation that she would talk to me about it. Um, so I gave her a little bit of nod, but that's always been a disappointment. Yeah, I think like, like like while we were in it, we didn't really think too much about it because we were just in love and my family was there. Everybody was not going to ruin our day. And we're- we were like, blah, 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 blah. But then later after we like reflected on it, we were like, that's messed up. Yeah, but at the moment, we were like, you can't stop us, like, whatever. But but that's so much how challenges work in life. Oftentimes, when you're in the middle of it, you don't process things instantly. Yeah, but I think if if that were to happen to my daughter, I would really have a lot of misgivings about her joining a family where the entire family didn't embrace her. I would have an issue with that. Yeah. Yeah, I would have an issue, a real issue. 
So I would be telling somebody off at that wedding. Grandma, yeah. mom, granddaddy, whoever little old person I would be snapping on. That being yeah. said, twenty years later, like Yeah, we're, he we're did. Good. He I mean, did. Oh. So you know. Listen, a couple of years later, your boy kicked the bucket, so whatever. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so in terms of uh, you know, speaking of family, how was it like meeting each other's like parents for the first time? Well, we met I met his family the summer that we Dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to him, listen, you need to tell your family that I'm black because he had a lot of experience with black people. He had lived in Atlanta for two years prior. Like it was nothing new for him, but his family's all new to date somebody, but not new to be around black, be people. around black people and very well versed in like black culture, African American culture. His family is super white. They live in Utah. Like they don't know nothing about no black people. Never seen a black person. Like, you know, whatever. Um, so I was like, they need to know that I am black before I go out there. And he was like, what? Like, you tripping? Like, it's not going to matter. And I was like, you need to tell them, like, expressly, let them know. Now, when he came over, he was, like, the first white guy that I had dated. No, you can tell your story. I'll tell my story. Okay. He's the first white guy I had dated. dated. And, um, I mean, I used to date a lot. It wasn't, like, a big deal. But my family was, I think, a little more, like, this is just some dude she's dating. They didn't really take him seriously. Like, they were just all kind of like, okay, so listen, you dating another dude. Like, whatever. Like, he can't even take you on a date with you. Like, it wasn't a big deal because I think they thought he was just another guy I was dating. You know what I mean? So, so Kate's giving you backstory and context, but not really telling the story. <laughs> Right. So like when Kay met my family, like with her telling me that I needed to let them know in advance. So I did. But they were very welcoming and like, hey, how's it going? We're glad to have you. Like you spent your time on that trip staying at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. They were friendly, like very mannered. Now, that doesn't mean that they were like comfortable or everything was great. I mean, it was fine. But they know how to treat a person. Like, or I've been trained in a way to be polite and nice and welcoming. And they are. Yeah. And they are, they're great. They so that was that, because we were dating. When I first met Kay's family, Kay was living in the basement of her sister's house. And was your mom living there too, same time? No. Okay. It was just my little basement apartment. But she was there. So I remember we had a date. I show up early, like not early, but on time to pick her up. And I remember knocking on the door. She answers the door and says, I'm going to be just a minute. Uh, come on in, I'll be right back. And then turns around and walks down the hall, around the corner, she's gone. I'm sitting there in the living room and I look over and there's a woman who I know now is her mother. And there's this guy who's the brother-in-law whose house is there and they're watching TV and none of them say anything, they're just looking at me. <laughs> and I don't know who they are, so I'm just up. hi, how's it going? And they're both like, hi. And then the guy reaches over and changes the channel and puts it on a tractor pull. And then they both just leave the room. And so I was sitting there for like a half an hour with it, <laughs> with tractor pulls. I've never seen a tractor pull in my life. I don't know. I think TV. he was like, that's what I did for like, I don't know. Right, we, but it was one of those kind of things where it's like, I know her mom now where she's, she's going to be like, I don't know you. I don't know what you expect from me. So like, hmm. Whatever. Plus, my mom is very hard to impress. And it's like, probably like, maybe there'll be another dude here next week. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to invest. I was dating a famous rapper once, and he was like, hey, I want to meet your mom. And I was like, she don't care. And he was like, I want to meet her. So he went in when she was washing dishes. And uh, he was like, hey. And she was like, 
what? Like, literally, like, what? My mom, and he was just like, mama's, and he said to me, like, in the car, we went to this, mama's usually love me. I was like, my mom doesn't care about anybody, period. Like, she could care less about this guy, you know? It was, so it was a rough crowd a little bit. It was so funny. Like, they, they warmed up. I like, I didn't, I think because I didn't disappear, and once I showed up multiple times, they're like, all right, maybe we need yeah, to pay right. attention we, we to this guy. invest in this guy. So that's when they first started actually paying attention, and I think because mm-hmm. I hung around and... Yeah. There was a little bit of a like be careful vibe because like you know if anybody like I've never heard of a black serial killer you know what I'm saying so they were like be careful with that white dude like you don't want him to chop him up him to chop you up and like put you in the freezer like yeah so you know wow I can't say if I've ever known a white serial killer because they don't generally tell you who they are in advance I probably have though. In the research, friends, the research is on the research. So, Dalen, this is more for you. Just wanted to know a little bit about, like, who, like, growing up, your role models, and then also kind of, like, where you learned, where you got this idea, um, just, like, about how to, you know, treat a girl or respect her. Like, where did you learn all of that? Is it, like, family or your religion or... Um, 100% my father, mm. like just, just completely my father. And I think the environment had added to that. So when you say like your religion, things like that, you'll have to know, like with my father, his style of parenting was, he believed so deeply in his faith and his responsibility as a family person that he will sacrifice everything in order to do what he feels is most responsible for to the point where I remember is like I was probably in college and my dad went away or my mom had gone away for like a week for like a work thing or something. She, they were both school teachers. And I remember she was about to be back the next day and my dad mowed the words, I love you in the back lawn. Like he was mowing the lawn, but mowed up. And he said, cause he had missed her. They, they never spent that much time apart. But that was the first time I like, like Aww. you're a person like you, <laughs> like you have, you know, like, he had been I've learned that my dad is goofy my dad is funny he is fun but my view of him as a parent was he was serious he was committed and dedicated that's not really his nature Mm. right because he's all to be a parent and to be a husband you do your duty first and if fun is not called for I'm gonna not be that for what you need so I think I, I learned from him the value and importance of being dedicated to the right thing. Not just doing the right thing, but being dedicated to it. Um, was never physically like violent or any of that sort of thing, but I do remember, um, and I always say it like funny, sort of like we had this really long kitchen table. There were six kids and my grandma, and we could all fit around one table, and there was always like an extra friend or somebody around. And I remember him being at one end and me at the other end, and we were talking, and I... I don't even remember what it was, but I said something in response to my mom that was disrespectful, right? And, and it couldn't have even been a big thing because that just wasn't part of our nature. But I remember just getting popped aside the, the face, like just to like snap me out of it. And I remember my first thought, like it wasn't a pain, but it was like, how in the world did he reach me? It was like, go, go gadget arm. Like, how did that even happen? And he just looked at me and goes, you never speak to your mother that way, ever. I won't stand for it. And it just shot, it was so out of character. Mm. to do anything physical and so shocking that that made a real impression on me like all right i'm not gonna mess with my mom 
right? So he, all of these sorts of values, and he always, I never doubted he loved my mother. I, I still have no doubts that he loves my mother. Um, I remember when we were married early on, a key like lesson that he taught me is there was a time where we kind of, not we disagreed, but maybe like my parents did something and Kay didn't like it. Mm. And I had a tendency to, I didn't really understand where Kay was coming from. And so I would have a tendency to agree with my parents on that. And my dad kind of set me straight and said, it doesn't matter what you think. If there is a disagreement between me, your parents and your wife, you will always take your wife's side. He goes, this is not agreeing with me right now. I just need, you need to know that you are on her team. You are not on my team. Oh. And this is like, this is in our first year of marriage. Mm-hmm. So this is a long time ago. When we're yeah, still we're together. And that really set a standard for me. Cause my dad normally like, you need to be on his team, right? Because he's aligned with God. <laughs> right? So if you're not in line with my dad, you're oh, not aligned bro. with God. And that's a dangerous place. Yeah, to be. That's how he plays. But, but that is so for him mm. at this point to be like, if it comes between me in parentheses, God's team and your wife, you take your wife's side every time. Good job, teamwork. You've been teamwork. Wow. So he set a pretty good example, like, just by his relationship with, like, your mom. Like, they had a good, healthy relationship. And he did he also, like, give you advice as well? Like, he – or it's more just, like, you kind of learn just by watching him and just – So th- this is a function of the deficiencies of my youth. My, my dad's – my dad is full of advice and full of instruction. So he's an outdoorsy craftsman, always doing something, and a teacher. So everything is an instructional opportunity. Right? You're going for a walk. He's not going to go for a walk. He's going to tell you what kind of trees those are. Here's why bushes grow. What kind of shoes? This is how the world works all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? So by the time I started to get older and become a teenager and wanted to be cool and wanted to do my own thing, I, I – started avoiding giving my parents opportunities to give me advice on dating. I I didn't want to hear it. I figured he had taught, he had talked so much that uh, I could guess what he was going to say. I didn't need to hear it. And if I wasn't looking to be in line with him and I didn't get into trouble, but uh, I didn't like do all sorts of crazy stuff, but I, I didn't listen to him when it came time to girls. Uh, so I would have to say be mostly through example and all the things that I heard and saw him teaching about the entire world mm-hmm. had to bleed into how you treat another human, okay. um, especially if it's uh, a woman or a wife. Sure. Yeah. And so you had to right? do a lot of <laughs> and I did, I, Yeah. And a lot of that is my environment where I had to learn as I grew older and just experience in life uh, the elements of toxic masculinity that are so part, so much a part of uh, American manhood, uh, Western manhood, suburban middle class, financial aspiration, jock culture, mm-hmm. all these things. And my dad, my family is foreign to jock culture, so I can't blame that on them, right? That's something like I started playing football when I was young, and that's all I cared about. Mm-hmm. And there was, I, I learned a lot of toxic things from that that I had to undo. But that definitely didn't, absolutely did not come from my family. Okay. That's really awesome that your dad told you about the, you know, like you kind of 
have to take your wife's side, just kind of be partners because I, that's, I, that's something I agree with as well. Like, um, not just like, oh, they always have to be on my side, but I would be on my partner's side too, if something like that happened. But I've talked to other people about that. And, and then I see it sometimes I'll like on reality shows, people are like, they'll go with their, they'll go with what the friends want or the parents want instead of what their partner wants. And there's like all this conflict. And I'm just like, oh, like, I don't know, like a lot of people now, like they don't, I don't know. They don't really believe that. And that's probably where a lot of conflict comes from. Like you're, your partners, you need to stick together. Now, how soon after you got married, did you have kids? Four years. Four years. Mm -hmm. And were you planning on it or it was just kind of, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We, we felt it was important to not just know each other, but, like there, there's one thing like us being a team and us dealing with our own lives, right? So we're young and all sorts of people have all sorts of views about people getting married young. Could mess up your life, fine. I mean, we're willing to take that risk. That's us. A third human is a whole different ballgame, yeah. right? So that's, we, we were very intentional. We were very aware of the challenges and wanted to make sure that we were prepared of a biracial person trying to navigate this world their own identity, all those things. So we wanted to make sure that we had, were both on the same page and both had a true understanding and learned some things, mm-hmm. make sure we're on the same foundation. Uh, we also wanted to make sure we had insurance. <laughs> that was part of being broke where most, that, that was that was a key factor where maybe yeah, we would have been ready maybe a year earlier. Nah, but didn't, I wouldn't have been ready. I said sure. maybe. <laughs> but, but, it, but it's one thing to like, go get stitches yourself. It's another thing to have another person. And if somebody's sick and we can't pay for it and then we're homeless because those things happen. And we had to like, I think that's where we solidified the team. That's what sold me. I was like, I can't do it unless you're going to be, it's like, unless we're going to be a team. Like I grew up without a dad and I was like, there's no way I'm doing like doing it by myself. And I knew culturally lots of women that have husbands at home but then they would still do everything and they would like critique the husband so he couldn't do anything. And you know, the, the whole idea of like men quote unquote babysitting their own kids just makes me want to throw up in my own mouth. Like I was like, I'm not doing any of that. Like if we have a kid, this is team. We're a, we're partners first and foremost. Like we gotta, it's gotta be teamwork, you know? So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's impossible. It's hard to do a good job as a parent, just period. Like the two of us care a lot. We're pretty invested. I'm not sure we're doing it right at any given time. I mean, that's just how it is. Right? You, just gotta, you just got to do your best. Do your best. We're yeah. two smart, dedicated people. And I'm not sure we're doing yeah, it right. I mean, I have, a development, I have a human development undergrad and I have a counseling grad, school counseling graduate degree. Still, we're like, we don't know what these people Right, but all of that goes into like deciding: Are we going to have a kid? Like, are we both yeah. on the same page? I was very intentional to make sure I listened to Kay and prioritized her interests in that. Um, because one, I don't have to carry a, bo- a baby inside my body, so like, really, my opinion is number two. It's not number one. <laughs> um, there, there's just so many things that I knew that I could not provide that I really had to listen to if Kay is ready and make sure that we're on the same page. Um, and that has to do with when and how many, all that kind of stuff. So we were very intentional about very. wanting to make sure that 
we were both together and that we both felt that whatever we were doing, having a kid or not having a kid was the right thing. Yeah. So I don't know if you've, I've heard the saying that like a woman becomes a mom when she like conceives or like, you know, gets, you know, gets pregnant, obviously, but that the guy becomes a dad once the baby is born. So uh, Daylin, like, how did you feel becoming a first time dad when you first saw your baby? For the first time. So maybe I don't. <laughs> How did you feel having your ba- having the baby? That part. No, so I was very excited, and like it is meaningful and scary, and all of these things to not only create a human, but then to meet that human and see it like in real life, like it's real. Like <laughs> first of all, like feeling a baby kick inside is just kind of creepy. It's like alien, <laughs> right? It's kind of. Like, Something's in there and it's alive. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's moving. It's doing its own thing. That's weird. Um, but then to like meet the person, that's exciting, moving, and scary. That being said, I, I remember distinctly like six months later holding my baby, my, old, my like new daughter, and looking Who's at amazing her. amazing and brilliant and got a five on her AP today. She's amazing. Oh. Let me go ahead. Low, low key flex. Go ahead. <laughs> Girl. We haven't messed her up yet, which smart, makes this story even more amazing. She's beautiful, she's kind, she's socially aware. That's and doing a pretty good job. Go ahead. Yeah, but I remember feeling distinctly, because I've been, I hear this so much, like, you're going to change, your whole world changes. I didn't know what I was capable of until I had a child. Six months later, I'm looking at this baby and going like, how is it still alive? Like, I haven't broken it yet. Like, I'm excited, but but really, and here's where it's coming from, I was waiting to feel like a different person, and I never did. Oh. I am the me before the baby was born. Like, this new knowledge doesn't magically come into my head. This capacity to my heart doesn't magically come out of nowhere. I was still me. So I'm me, and I know all my failings, all these things, and that's why I'm saying six months later, like, it's not broken, it's breathing, and it's looking at me. I haven't ruined it. Maybe, maybe there's hope for the world <laughs> because I was waiting for this change, and the changes still never happened. And I, I get a little nervous when people are saying, like, you'll change or, like, having a baby will change you. Maybe some people rise to the occasion and will step up to the plate, but maybe if you're already at the plate – there's not yeah, a exactly. Thing. If you're already awesome, like you're just going to keep being awesome. <laughs> right. But, but I also would warn that if you suck, having a baby won't make you magically not it suck. It ain't the, Maybe there are, like I said, I'm not <laughs> going to say that some people don't rise to the occasion. Right. And I think that says more to do with where a person's at and what they're capable of. And if they step up to what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a motivation. That's an inherent thing. But having a child, I would never tell anyone that there's going to be a magical transformation and that you have capacity you're not aware of before. I know it did not happen with me at all. I did learn, however, that there are some things that, like, I can change a diaper, I can feed a kid, and it will stay alive, right? Like, keeping a human alive isn't all that magical. You can learn some basic things, have a partner, Right. Don't don't get into it alone if if possible. Right. If you have that network, and just did my best. Man. You're doing a great job. I'm trying. Thanks. Oh. 
You're doing a great. You're doing a great job. Yesterday, as you were having that, don't you talk to your mom that way? You don't. You don't raise your voice to your mom like that. You don't talk to your mom like that. I was like, yeah. I was in the hallway like, oh, you sell them, babe. Yeah, that's good. You don't talk to your mama like that. <laughs> Have each other's backs. That's awesome. So, has your daughter been dating? Like, or are you? What's going on? Are you kind of more protective? Like, you're gonna interview all the potential, you know, boys. So I I always had this view in my head that I was gonna like buy a shoulder holster and like wear a gun in the house, never speak anything or say anything about it, to just be in the room and like like my job doesn't need a gun or whatever, right? Just to I thought that'd be funny and just to intimidate. And yeah, scare you work in a college. The mystery yeah. of it. Th- this is what I thought, and we've we've had a standard like you don't start dating dating until you're 16 but once you're 16 like dating is not expected but like you should feel free to date and start to explore and learn how to navigate relationships and attraction and love and heartbreak and all this sort of thing in a healthy way but i've no i don't interview them and a lot of it is because i i want my daughter to still speak to me Yeah. Right? I mean, she's embarrassed enough as it is, and it's so hard to express to your adult, like to your parents, how you really feel about stuff, or if you're nervous about things. Like, even if you're not being judged, teenagers all feel judged about everything. It's such a tenuous yeah. time I, and development. But don't you feel like you've raised her to be a good enough judge of character at this point? Like, and, uh, like she has a boy that she really likes. I guess you would call him a boyfriend. And we really, I mean, we trust him. He's a good kid. I, I mean, I trust my kid more. She's the one who has to be the ultimate judge of character. She's the one that's talking to him, you know, every night. And I trust that I've raised her to be a good enough judge of character and to also um, be able to set clear boundaries and to be able to, um, you know, not let someone toxic in her circle. Like, we've raised her that way. If I got to scare a guy, you shouldn't be with him. He's the kind of guy that I need to intimidate him for him to behave. Yeah, for him to That's the wrong right? dude. Like, you should yeah. not be in that situation. I think that's more like, so I'm not worried about a guy or interviewing him or whatever because mm-hmm. that's, that, that is her relationship to navigate. Nope. So my role with her is to help her understand maybe some things that nobody else in my house, like Kay's never been a teenage guy. I haven't been to these other people, but I've been one of those. Mm-hmm. And so I have a little bit different experience with what is even in just say sports culture, right? Like Kay's never been on a team. She's never been in a locker room with a bunch of guys. Uh, doesn't know like what is viewed as acceptable or normative. Um, and so part of my role is to help say a, a, a young teenage girl say like, look, I don't know this dude. And I'm not going to say this is him, but here's what some of this game looks like. Right. So you need to know like a guy might like you and still go make out with somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you need to understand that teenage boys, there's attraction. They'll generally pursue more than one person because there's this opportunistic level Uh, just in developmental going like, like I'm attracted to you and I want to be with you, but I'm also attracted to other people. I don't know if I have a shot with you and I want to make out with somebody or whatever. And if you're not, quick to game. I kind of like you, but this person is willing and I have a shot. Right. 
they might go that way. Right. So that's that part of teaching her that you do. You got to put her up. On right. But that's also part of the thing, like say, look, because I want her to navigate safety. I want her to also navigate her own self-worth and what relationships look like. So like you're 16, like how dedicated are you really obligated to be to each other? So what are your, what are reasonable expectations at this point in your life? But also if somebody does do you wrong, does that just mean that you, somebody didn't like you because you're not worth liking? Or maybe the person does like you and still does something stupid because they're opportunistic and you're not playing that game and somebody's swooped. Right, so it's all these things to give a kid perspective and knowledge so that she can better try and navigate her feelings and her experiences. Does that sound fair? Yeah. So trust, you know, educate your kid, inform them and trust them. You think that's like... Trust them to trust them at reasonable levels, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as, as a 16-year-old... You, you only trust so much, right? They're still going to do yeah. dumb stuff in line with like undeveloped frontal lobe, mm -hmm. lack of long-term thinking, mm -hmm. um, all sorts of things. So they might like, do I think that somebody might sneak out of a room even if I trust them and they're generally trustworthy? Maybe depends on how much of an opportunity, like how bad do they want whatever is on the other side of that window that we've said no to. Oh, okay. So now I'm going to ask you guys a couple wrapping up questions that I kind of try to ask everyone. So for each of you, what are some things that you wish more people knew about your partner? Maybe something that people don't see right away that you wish more people knew. Oh, what kind of people know about you? I feel like you're kind of an open book. Well, <laughs> uh, you no might mystery. not know. Well, from, re from just meeting him, you wouldn't know he's a great writer. He really, he really is a great writer. He's more of like, he's a serious, like a scholar. He's a good writer. He's a scholar. He's very, very smart. Maybe people wouldn't, wouldn't think that off of that. Not that you look down. Huh? <laughs> Brains and beauty people, both. That's I, I think people probably really don't understand how patient and caring Kay really is. And when I say that is because she doesn't, Kay doesn't express patience in the way other people do, but all that means that Kay really puts up with a lot more crap than people really understand. She navigates a world that is quite often antagonistic towards her and her existence. You mean as a black woman? As a, a black woman. So the blackness, the womanness, all mm -hmm. that sort of things. And yes. she spends a lot of time in space that is not carved out with her and she navigates it so well and shows love to people and understanding to people who don't, who might not always be like mean or antagonistic, but have no, no understanding or consideration for what she goes through and to live in that space and not just be tearing people apart at every turn is incredibly patient. And I just think so many people in our life do not see or recognize that. Oh, that is a good one, baby. Just that's, every day. That's really, I was like, patient. As a black woman in the society, honey, and a woman, yes. <laughs> Get that. I'm going to record that and put that there. I like it. Yes. I like it. Post it on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. uh, so for uh, both of you, what do you think is the, you know, been married for 20 years, amazing. What is the key? What is the secret? How can you be married that long? 
What would you do? Well, we're selling this product on our website. No, <laughs> That's easy for me. <laughs> you always, well. I always say this. So I'll say that first. Staying married is, is two things, and it's really simple. The first one is pick the right person. Marry the right person at the start. Like, and it's different for everybody, right? I'm not saying there is one right person. Pick the right person and then don't screw it up. Right? So I'm, I am lucky that Kay is somebody, I, 20 years later, I still want to be married to. And I knew that from the beginning. So find that right person. And I, I could have married the wrong person. Mm. But in retrospect, there's other opportunities. And then once she said yes, every day I just need to try and treat her right so that tomorrow – she still wants to be married to me. Pick the right person and then be the person that's not going to chase them off. There you go. Easy. I like it. I, I, I also agree with choose the right person. But I think that uh, I think that there's a level of commitment, a level of growing with each other that is needed also. Um, I, I I don't believe in like suffering through a marriage, right? Like struggle love, what they call right? Like I don't I don't know with that struggle love. (laughs) But like every day isn't gonna be great, but like most days should be. Like you should, even if I mean we've been through a lot. We had miscarriage, we had um, job loss, you know, death of family members, but we're there for each other and there's a level of commitment there. I think because of us, there's because of what we have as a base level of friendship, like no matter what, on top of everything else, we have a base level of friendship. Like this is my dude. Like this is my ride or die. This is my best friend. So at the end of everything, you know, no matter what we're going through, I always know that he has my best interest at heart. I have his best interest at heart. You know, I think so much that like, there are things in our relationship about each other that are hard to deal with for either one of us. Yeah. Right. So that's not to say that there aren't some things that became evident, say like in that first year of marriage that just bugged 20 years later, they still bug. Yeah. And some of them bug even worse. <laughs> right. It's Don't like, be hitting your hands talking about even worse. Don't be trying no, to emphasize it enough. Like, but, but this is the, the for real for real. Like there are some of these like, Things about each other, like in personality or in behaviors that have not changed that are hard and I do not like and that I know that she does not like, right? So it's not that everything is easy and sunshine, but even with that, I still know you're the right person. Like our friendship is more important than these other things. Right. But there are things that will be hard, but it's all this part of value and commitment to how this all works. Is like, man, you drive me nuts on this, but like – on the level of importance, like here's the level of what drives me nuts and it's like an attend, but these things are so much more important. Mm. And, and we got that. Yeah, agree. And some other, some advice you might have for handling cl- conflict. Cause I feel like it seems like a lot of people kind of give up like really quickly or, and, and, and just like conflict resolution is something that a lot of people need to work on. Um, so what advice would you give for, you know, cause a relationship obviously is not going to be perfect. So any advice for handling conflict within a relationship? Just yeah. I think you just got to realize that each other, like nobody is going to be perfect. Um, and then sometimes I'm pretty close and then, but most other people won't be. So. Okay. You got, you have to 
humble yourself mm. a lot of times. And um, I hear people say like, oh, you shouldn't go to bed angry. I completely disagree with that. That's like the, that, that is some of the worst advice I think you can have. I think what they mean is you shouldn't hold a grudge. But for me, sometimes I do need to go to bed angry because when I wake up, I have a totally new perspective on things. Mm. That happens to me all the time. That's the kind of person I am. If I'm, if I'm upset about something, I can't just snap myself out of a bad mood out, or out of anger. Mm. I, I sleep on it. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I did this and this and this wrong. I shouldn't have said that this way. I shouldn't have said this that way. You know what I mean? So I think that's really important. And then in our family, like very rarely do we like our, like raise our voices to each other um, because the kind of, because I'm a loud person and the kind of person I am, we can't be, like I grew up in a screaming household. We couldn't be screaming back and forth at each other. Mm-hmm. Like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It would just be too much. So I think, I mean, maybe that works for some people. And that also like what works for you works for you. You know, we see other people's marriages and we're like, man, they like that. Like, I have friends that have been married for years and they never talk to each other. But like, who am I to judge? That works for them. We're like, well, they, they're both introverts, I guess. They never talk to each other. Or people that are, you know, people that, you know, every marriage, every marriage is different and it's not, you know, for me to judge. If it works for you, then great, it works for you. You have to see that too. Like, what works for you works for you. Like, Dalen's, Dalen's dad, is a mountain man and he hunts and does all this stuff. His mom loves to read. He would like to go out and hunt a deer. She would like to stay home and read. But all of their life growing up, she would go hunting with him because she felt like, you know, I guess she felt like they needed to share hobbies. They should be doing the same thing, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that worked for her. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not just going to be doing stuff that you're just going to be like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, but that works for them. It's what works for you in your marriage. Yeah, and I would say, like, there, there's got to be, like, there's a, a minimum threshold. So I think there's some things that nobody should deal with. So, like, if somebody is abusive, physically right. or emotionally, that's just a non-starter. Mm-hmm. But, like, once you're above that threshold, I'd say, like, don't try to be somebody else's relationship get to know each other enough where you do you, right? So that's not to say like, well, abuse doesn't work for you, but it's fine. Not, I, there, there's trauma within that that leads to some things, but no, above that threshold. And that comes to, I know K well enough, and I know how I act well enough in conflict, where K is aggressive, right? Part of that unyielding thing that I love about her is hard when we disagree and if she gets mad. And that switch doesn't turn off right away. Right? So when you talk about don't go to bed mad, like because we, we were given that advice, so that'd be the second part is ignore bad advice. <laughs> right? where, where they're like, Dang, and I also know for me, I struggle with unresolved conflict. Like if there's a conflict, like if something is unresolved, even if it's a project that's not finished, it's in my head and I can't think about other things until it's done. Yeah. And so when you have me with that nature and with her aggressiveness, and if people say don't go to bed angry, right, she's fired up and I'm trying to resolve it. Mm. right and there comes to a point where like it's not going to resolve because there's too much energy and we learned the best thing for us to do is to give time and sometimes that time is like going to bed like Mm -hmm. go to sleep hit the mental and emotional reset button Mm -hmm. and come back to that issue um in a different place 
right? So I don't sleep well with that because uh, like I'm sitting there going, my brain won't turn off because there's this unresolved thing and I was right or she was wrong or whatever, or even there's just hanging there, like I want to apologize. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't want to apologize, but when you apologize to the when it's angry, it still doesn't hit. Right. You know, it's kind of like, that's right, you suck and you're wrong. <laughs> I'm double but all that to say, I've had to learn, like, you know, it's more productive for us to give a little bit of time. Let's come back to this another time. That might not work for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it comes to we got to know each other. Mm-hmm. We have to get to some level of trust and familiarity where we can kind of look, all right, here's where this is going to, it's going to head. And even if this is going to be hard or if I'm not going to like it, it's still worth it. I'm going to ignore what the other people do and I'm going to push forward until I know that we need to do it in a better place. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Hopefully a lot of people learn from that. What would you say to women who think good men don't exist? I hear that all the time. Um, you know, they don't exist. There's no good guys. What would you say to them? I haven't met all the guys, so I can't speak for <laughs> all No. No. You know some dogs. Here is just what I'd say, and I've learned, and this isn't about guys or girls, so I'm not, uh, like, I struggle to gender it. Mm-hmm. Right? There's good guys or bad girls. I'm not sure that works, but I have learned, and I feel deeply that no human is all one thing or not one thing. So I think every human is capable of some really bad stuff. And that same exact human is capable of some really great stuff. I've seen and known people that have done both, done some horrifying things, and I've seen that same person do something out of the goodness of their heart that's amazing. Right? So to say there are no good men or to say that somebody is a bad person or is a good person, um, I kind of reject that altogether. So when it comes to dating or knowing who you want, I just say, like, you, you have to take – the whole of a person with the understanding that if you look at the whole of a man or a woman, there's going to be some good and some bad in every single one of them. If you can't see either one of those, you're missing something. All right. Thank you. And Kate, do you have anything to say about that? I don't know. About what makes a good about good men. Oh. There's no good men out there. Like it, yeah, like for you know, to the women who say that there was one she found don't exist that they don't. Oh need. yeah, they, and he married someone else. So yeah, so <laughs> no, they they told they totally exist. You just have to come up with what are going to be a deal. What's going to be a deal breaker for you, and what's an essential for you? Like your list of essentials, and then your list of deal breakers, and then everything that falls in between that, you kind of go. Meh. You know, like, oh, whatever. You know, you want a guy that's kind and the guy that's spiritual. Um, and then I've only only dated black guys, but then a white guy comes along. And I'm like, uh, I guess he kind of falls in the middle. I date a white guy. You know what I mean? So it's like that. You know what I'm saying? So for other people, you have to figure out what's your essential and what's your non-essential. And then everything else that down the middle is just like, you know, whatever. Um yeah, and then you, you'll find somebody that, that kind of matches up with you. Mm-hmm. All right, so any other advice, pieces of wisdom that you want to share before we end the interview? I'll just say that being married is actually pretty awesome. It is awesome. I agree. I, yeah, if you're wondering what kind of life that you want, I'd say, like, I, I, I feel for you folks that are still in the game. <laughs> 
I don't have fond memories of the game. He I'm sure it's a completely dating. different I'm game now. So, uh, but you know, have, having a partner that you can trust and that you can rely on, I want to say take for granted, even though that has a negative. <laughs> but, but that's fine. But if there's somebody that you just know is in your corner, so I can be off somewhere else doing something different, but in the back of your head, in your soul, you know that you got this partner that, that's with you. That's such a great feeling. I agree. Such a great feeling. It's a great feeling. And I think people who like, oh, marriage is old and marriage is antiquated. Like, you just you just need to find the right person. If that is what you want to do, I don't think it's old or antiquated at all. I think just like my husband said, it's great to have a partner. It's great. I remember it's when just we all the way in your corner. Yeah. I remember when we I remember when we first got married, we were like, wow, like we don't have to like go home at the end of the night. We need to stay together. Like, you know what I mean? It was just like so awesome just like to be together and and now we have our kids and we're raising a family and we see how that brings out different skill sets and bonds us together as a team. It's just like I, I don't know. I, I, I I'm a hundred percent for it. I don't know. I don't think it's old or antiquated. I think it's beautiful and amazing thing. No regrets. No regrets. Well, thank you so much for sharing uh, your story and answering my questions. I really appreciate it. You gave me some hope. (laughs) Thank you. I need hope. hope. So many people need hope, especially during this time. So thank you. I think you did that for a lot of us. So before we leave, where can people find you on social media if they want to follow you and uh, you know, follow your awesome relationship. You can find uh, find me on Instagram and Twitter at, at Brohamas, B-R-O-H-A-M-M-A-S, or my blog and website is brohamas.com. And you can find me at host K-H-O-S-T-K-A-Y on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Thanks again for joining me, and I wish you guys the best, and stay safe and healthy. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that episode of the How to Relationship podcast. I had so much fun with Kay and Daylin. Thank you so much, Kay and Daylin, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, I learned a lot from you, just like I learned I learned a lot from every couple that comes on here. Uh, make sure, if you're interested, to follow Kay and Daylin on Instagram at K and at Brahamas, and follow them on Twitter as well. And check out their YouTube videos if you want, or their videos on Instagram. Links for everything in the show notes and video description. And if you want to, you know, stay up to date with future episodes, make sure to follow the How to Relationship podcast on Instagram at How to Relationship Podcast. On Facebook, just search How to Relationship Podcast. Uh, if you want to be on the show, if you're, uh, you know, in a relationship that you guys, you guys have been together for over 10 years, I would love to have you on. Just fill out the form that's linked in the video description and show notes. And if for some reason you are having problems filling out the form, you can DM me on Instagram or on the Facebook page and we can hopefully have you on. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and hope to see you guys here next time on the How to Relationship podcast. Bye.